0: Hey, listeners, I'm Trey.
1: And this is Dean.
0: Along with EY.
1: Welcome to Pocast.
0: Reviewing films with New Orleans flavor. Guess what I did tonight?
1: What did you recorded,
0: do? Before recording this, I went to this place called a theater and Ooh. watched a movie with other people.
1: That is definitely something different in 2021 yeah
0: like i know i've i've read about these places of back in the old days people used to do this but i did it tonight
1: what did you go see
0: i went and saw uh, mortal Kombat, which was okay okay. but i was at a physical theater yeah i didn't what i didn't do is i didn't watch this week's movie stolen at the movie theater
1: i mean i had never actually heard of it (laughs) Until,
2: I don't recall uh, it either. It I came out in 2012, so I don't know. I'm sure something. Didn't Avengers come out in 2012? Yes, probably. it probably got you know just thrown in in the forgotten pile. I mean, this is definitely a movie that I could see it like a, a Walmart bargain bin or, or something like that. So. Buried deep at the bottom
1: of it. I mean, it had some great New Orleans locations, though. Who else was excited to see the abandoned, washed out Jazzlands slash Six Flags New Orleans? Oh,
0: you mean the the fairgrounds, they kept calling yes. it, which annoyed
2: the absolute piss out of me.
1: Especially since we have an actual fairground. Yes, we have an
2: actual thing called the fairgrounds. Well, not only that, he holds up like a, a theme park map as if this location was open. Yeah. And it's obviously, yeah. even in, in the movie, it's obviously that it's like, closed and run down because it got completely demolished essentially uh during Katrina.
1: Right.
0: Which, so, thinking about it, shouldn't that place at least be a little bit cleaned up now considering how many movies have filmed there?
1: I think it's only gotten worse. Yeah, Although I think I they did... keep it
2: that bad I because was... places film there.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's true too. I was reading actually it's kind of funny before we were watching this movie, my mom had found an old picture from like 2000, 2001 of like my family and I in front of Jazzland. So I went to go look at the Wikipedia page because I'm like, what's happening with this? And I did see that they had filmed this movie in Jazzland, and apparently from what I read on the page, that they actually spent a few weeks there cleaning it up, getting rid of some of the graffiti, repainting a few things, getting like trash off the ground. But I, I mean, it still looks. I mean, it definitely like it, was it definitely looked better than it
2: usually does. I mean, I didn't notice. I mean, it just looked the same to me. So if if they did try to spruce it up to to make it as if it was supposed to be open and. This movie's universe, or whatever you want to call it, the Nicolas Cage cinematic universe—they um, <laughs> didn't do a very good job. No. I, I don't think they did.
1: There, no amount of paint can hide the fact that that theme park was what, like nine feet underwater, or something like that. I just, just there's no fixing it, which is why it is still there in the condition that it's in, and no one's done anything with it yet. Because it was, it was nice while it was there. It was. I I,
0: I miss having like a legit theme park within driving distance. And no, I'm not counting uh, Dixie Landing or Blue Bayou.
2: So speaking of old dilapidated things. Nicolas um, Cage? Well, Nicolas Cage (laughs) for one. um, But I was also going to mention, and and I did not do this on purpose. And and Dean, uh, luckily, was not present for our last episode. But I was really surprised to see josh lucas back so soon uh from our, our movie ghost of new orleans yeah which we filmed last and he plays a uh, the bad guy in this film and oh boy did they they really roughed him up the long hair and like the the scabby face the and the no missing legs leg. and
0: peter Pettigrew fingers and
1: right they i could not decide how i felt about it either like i don't know because i guess because i didn't see last week's movie like i think of josh lucas and i think of sweet home alabama you know duh. well and he's
2: uh, that's what i was gonna say i mean he's an attractive guy and he is a beefcake they <laughs> they did a really good job making him look like the creepy servant guy from um scary movie 2 who plays yes. in in schitt's oh, creek like my that's who... my yeah
1: I would not have gotten in a cab with Josh Lucas had he looked like that
2: yeah when she got in the cab I was like why didn't she just get in an Uber but then I remember that it was 2012 (laughs) and Uber wasn't quite as popular as it is, is now I really wanted a bad Nicolas Cage movie and unfortunately I would say overall it was pretty average I thought this was going to be a crappier version of taken you know really similar to a, a more popular film i can't remember when taken came out well, so i think around
0: the same time
2: when like i early saw
0: 20 teens
2: yeah when i saw this movie and it was just called stolen with nicholas cage <laughs> oh boy i was expecting something to be so much worse i was surprised for what it was and and to see a lot of actors that I, I like, you know, I'm not really familiar with Josh Lucas. Uh, I really only know him from Ghost of New Orleans <laughs> because we watched it last week. Uh, but yeah, seeing like, you know, Nick Cage, what's his name? Danny Hudson. Um, Which one's Danny Hudson? He played the kind of a-hole FBI agent, oh, the older him? One. I've never, I've seen him in so many movies.
1: Yes, he's got, he's like one of those face actors. And he I just do not like him.
2: Same with, um, MC Ganey. Like, he's another character actor that I always enjoy. So, like, he, you know, him popping up in this movie, too, was, at least to me, Which one's enjoyable. MC Ganey? He was the, uh... the other guy um, that
1: was in their group yeah that one see yeah, him yeah, i
0: like as an actor he was like he's like yes he's been in a bunch of things and he was in another nicholas cage movie con air one of my personal favorite nicholas cage movies by the way mm. um but he was also in like lost like he like him i like just danny danny houston hudson yeah, yeah danny hudson hudson like i've just i feel like he always plays the same character i don't think he's that good of an actor except for 30 days of night I thought he was good in 30 Days of Night. Mm,
1: I can see that. But yeah, it, they did have some faces pop up that were recognizable. Malin like Ackerman. Who's another yes.
0: one. I've like, this was around that time where she had like a bright shining moment of popularity.
1: Because yeah, she did she like
0: Watchmen. She did that Ben Stiller movie. And 27
1: Dresses, which was around Was she in time. that? Yes. I, she played... Uh, a, What's her name's sister?
0: See, admittedly, I blocked a lot of that movie out of my
1: Catherine head. Katherine Heigl. That's it. She played her sister. But like, yeah.
0: Malin Ackerman's another one. I don't think she's that good of an actor.
1: I think she fit in this role in this one. Like, How, I couldn't though? stand her in like 27 dresses or anything. I don't know. She just Like, what did
0: she do
2: in this movie? What was her job in the crew? She, rode in the, the she yeah. rode in the back of the van. She rode in the back of the van. No, she was wasn't they, the getaway she, driver because uh, MC Ganey's character yeah. was oh, drove yeah, away. Yeah. Like all but she does, all she's... she does
0: in the initial heist is complain about Hoyt's jokes
1: <laughs>
0: and sit in the back of the van. And then also, what was uh, Vincent's job? Uh, Josh Lucas's character. What was his job in the heist? Time. time. I think to help. He
1: kept the time and well, did help break into the safe. No, yeah, he didn't. I think he
0: was just. He moved a table. Carry the money, and which and he stuff didn't do. That. He yeah. didn't help carry the money. He didn't help with the locks. He didn't help with anything.
1: When like the only would...
0: people that did anything in this heist was Nick, Nick Cage, and Hoyt.
1: Yeah. Well, they did mention that in the movie after he was sent to prison. Spoiler alert! Within the first five minutes of the movie, their group fell apart because he was the brains and pretty much the brawn as well behind the operation. I was under the impression that Vincent was the timekeeper. Like, because when he got distracted, Nick Cage character, Will, kept asking him for time, like time, time, when he was getting distracted by the gold. And before that, he had been spouting off how much longer they had left. So that was See, my I th- impression.
0: I thought he was just, like, telling him, like, we don't have a lot of time or shut the fuck up and help.
1: No, the, the, the whole robbery was... Uh, timed into how long it would take before they were probably caught so everything had to be done within a certain amount of time
0: around the same time time that john mcconnell john mcconnell is wandering around the cbd drunk and peeing on fbi agent shoes (laughs) was that him yes that was john mcconnell
1: (laughs) wow we need need a tally
0: of him and gary grubbs of how many times they appear in movies
1: (laughs) just random new orleans movies yeah oh oh add a spud mcconnell in there sprinkle spud Spud McConnell. mcconnell
2: in there oh i was surprised that this entire movie took place with the exception of the opening mardi gras day
0: yes this takes place on mardi gras day but i feel like the filmmakers have never actually been to an actual parade
2: do you think that this movie was actually maybe not on mardi gras day but do you think this film was filmed during mardi gras
0: Absolutely not. I can't imagine a functioning film crew in the middle of the insanity that is downtown New Orleans Mardi Gras Day.
1: Yeah, I'd I have to agree with that. It was way too controlled, although it did look like it could have been.
0: Aside from streets still being open and them claiming that it was quote-unquote yeah. a business day.
1: There are just too many drunk people. To even attempt to film an actual movie.
0: And you would normally um, have to get releases from anyone on camera. Yeah. And so,
1: actually, I don't think they took a parade route that actually exists.
0: Well, it looked like around Canal. Like around where the route hits canal. That's where it mm-hmm. looked like it was.
2: But it was well, just my only, set up poorly. My only reasoning is yeah, I, I I don't think this entire film was shot during Mardi Gras, but There were some like wider shot scenes that just had so many people in them. It felt to me that maybe they did do some, uh, and I'm using this term loosely, but some guerrilla style shooting like during an actual parade.
0: I mean, have you seen The Walking Dead? How many, like, people, how many group shots of zombie extras they get? Yeah, but in Walking scenes? Dead
2: does a lot of, I think does a lot of, like, CGI duplication and, and stuff like that. But yeah, I don't know. I felt like there were some, like, really big crowd scenes that were just a little too big.
1: Well, I mean, it was it a Nicolas be. Cage movie. They probably had a budget to work with an extended amount of extras. I mean, if you think about it, there were quite a few scenes in JFK that had a ton of ton of extras. Yeah,
2: but I wouldn't compare this movie to, no. to JFK. <laughs> it was just um. the first thought I had
1: in my head where I was thinking of crowds in a parade. No, they, I mean I was just yeah. wondering.
2: Like it, it kind of felt to me like it I'm not saying every mardi gras scene because there was one in particular that was very obvious it wasn't mardi gras that it was like just a setup but i don't know there were just some a couple of wide shots and like especially when he's in the french quarter and stuff also the bars
1: were way too empty
2: okay i was gonna mention
1: that The that (laughs) the
0: bars
2: were empty streets were open
0: that absolutely shouldn't have been open then you had like the scene where the cabs were like in traffic behind the barricades and they're like standing outside their cars and they're annoyed it was like i'm sorry how did you get there in the first place and honking their
2: horns yeah
0: yeah like you're gonna be there for a good four hours buddy you should know this by now
1: it took me a minute to realize it was actually happening on mardi gras when they showed the girl at the bar and she was writing like happy mardi gras on a little chalkboard yeah. thingy they had and then she said something like happy fat tuesday and i was like where are all the people in the bar yeah well you the cops said ass happy fat bar. tuesday yeah but you have a full ass bar that's like right apparently where the parades are happening and it's empty no no a, a real mardi gras you'd be lucky to move in the bar
2: oh yeah the whole city <laughs> and that's i think what this this film probably did the most poorly because you had those moments where, like, he's walking through the French Quarter and the streets are packed and it's crowded, but then the bars are empty, yeah, or the streets are still empty. But then there's another scene where all the cabs are backed up and honking their horns, and it was definitely very tonally devoid or, or whatever the terminology is for that. It, it was just kind of everywhere. It didn't. It couldn't pick. Did it want to be busy, Mardi Gras? Or it was very obvious, uh, you know, this day we couldn't afford all these extras. We could only have them on this day of shooting and then vice versa. It just, it's kind of everywhere.
1: <laughs> also, I know this is probably like a um, mean nitpicking, but uh, as a local, you couldn't tell what the weather was. Because when it comes to Mardi Gras, it is either freezing cold or it's burning hot. Or there's raining. There's no in between or it's raining. There's no in between. So, like, the fact that none of them were, like, clearly dressed in, like, either winter clothes because it's cold or summer clothes because the, you know, summer decided to come early. There's just, like, <laughs> I don't know. And it's probably me nitpicking. but Well,
2: I blame that on, on Nick Cage because doesn't he always wear some sort of, like,
1: leather, leather jacket?
2: Always. or He's never just in, like, shorts and a t-shirt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I Thank think that's God. probably why. <laughs> Just thinking I, about that yeah.
0: image is terrible.
1: National Treasure would not have been the same.
0: No, because National Treasure was a a competently made
1: movie. Yes, very Ooh. true. <laughs> oh this no, this was not National Treasure. <laughs> National
0: yeah. Treasure was fantastic. Yeah, that's that's the thing with Nick Nick Cage. There's never a like mediocre movie with him. It's either really good. Or really bad.
2: I I kind of agree. I kind I, of
1: agree too. Because I would have said this one had fell in the middle. Honestly. I, I honestly
2: I, kind of feel the same way. I know we don't always really talk about like filming locations and things like this. But I would say, especially in New Orleans movies, a, a very highly used alleyway made yet another appearance. I'm glad I wasn't film. the only
0: person that caught that because I wasn't <laughs> sure if it was the same alley I've seen before.
2: It is. So... 'Cause I used to work at a hotel um that, that shares that alleyway and, and they filmed a lot of movies there. And this particular scene happens when Josh Lucas's character who what's his name again? Um Vincent. Vincent. Vincent gets pulled over by a police officer. And he he had kidnapped Nicolas Cage's character who oh I can't. Well he kidnapped his daughter. His, daughter uh, his his daughter, Allison. Now stuff happens and Allison escapes. She runs down the alleyway, and I think she takes a left. And (laughs) what this film does is use the same alleyway at different angles. So where they're at is is one side of the alleyway and then there's like this big vacant lot that's just empty and that happens to be the lot that she runs down to escape. But then, you know, behind the, the metal fence is like a crowd cheering and waving and making noise for floats. But that would be the alleyway that they were in, in the car. Yeah, yeah produce the one from Lovebirds, right? Where they ran over the guy. Yeah, it's Lovebirds. It was in Project Power. Project Power. Where Joseph Gordon Levitt gets shot. It's in um a film we haven't reviewed yet, but Benji on on Netflix uses that alleyway and uh, a couple it's such of a popular
1: others. Alleyway.
2: I can tell you it's it's in a relatively popular shooting area w- within downtown New Orleans it it's not a throughway for for cars it's not really a road i mean people can park there and then stuff mm-hmm. like that so it's easy to block off but give you the appearance of like a street and it's it's kind of like the only location like that that i know of in that area in the downtown cbd area
1: it's also pretty and then wide it helps too.
2: that they have that big vacant lot in the middle of the alleyway too uh. so it, it's kind of just a very convenient location for now
1: so what did we think of Allison? I found her to be very random. For as much as she was supposed to be like the center plot of, you know, everything that was going on,
0: I found her to be really annoying.
1: <laughs> on
0: to to be perfectly honest, I thought she was really annoying. I don't know. I thought everyone in this movie did a really poor job acting. So, like, that just added to it. I didn't, I don't know. I, this is heartless to say because, like, the movie's about, you know, Vincent kidnaps Nicolas Cage's daughter after he gets out of prison so that Nicolas Cage can give him the money he thinks he owes him. But I just didn't care. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't care. Like, I didn't care about Allison. Is that wrong? Is that terrible of me? No. That uh, part of me was like, oh, you kidnapped her? Huh, okay, whatever. <laughs> whatever.
2: I, I think you have something there because I, I think that's a kind of another thing that this movie just really falls flat on is making you care for any of this. I mean, yes. Nicolas Cage gets busted in the opening scene, but he has one phone call with his daughter beforehand. Now, if they did a scene like of him actually you know, acting, yeah. yeah, like interacting with his child and like actually film that, like tucking her in goodnight and stuff like that, it probably would have meant more, but no, you have a, a phone call um, about f- coloring, like coloring at yeah. 4 a.m. and giving that he was in jail for like eight years, she was probably around like ten or eleven years old at this point. She would have I had. Think they um, said,
1: I think they said like four, didn't they say four? No, maybe because she she, no, she. she was, she was said at least not, eight, sixteen. When he gave her that plushy thing, she was like, "I'm not seven years old anymore." So.
2: Oh, okay. I didn't pay that much attention, but yeah, you're you're right. So it just. You know, it it didn't, it didn't really do a, just a good job in general. Because you have his supposed—I don't want to say best friend, but someone he worked with for a couple of years—comes up with this absurd plot to kidnap his daughter and blah blah mm-hmm. blah, all because you know Nick Cage got busted
1: and yeah. didn't and get the didn't money. Even, he didn't even rat them out.
2: He yeah. didn't wrap them out but he even that they drove away they chose to left leave well, he him also blamed without him the
0: for shooting his leg and then
1: he but had that, to get his leg amputated That was his own fault too
0: It was but he was a fucking asshole so he's not going to yeah, blame himself for that he was a narcissist He even yes. admits to that like at, at the very least he was self-aware enough because at some point he says that day you destroyed the only thing i ever loved me and I was like at least he's self-aware enough to know he's a narcissistic <laughs> psychopath
1: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I also agree with EY. I think the only thing I cared about in that movie was what he had done with the money before it came out, what he did with the money. Which comes out, like, in
0: the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Like, it comes out really quick. Well,
2: I think the rest of it is, you know, is he telling the truth? Like, did he really burn the money? Or
1: i thought so too but at a certain point i was like okay he'd have fucking give up the money by now for his daughter i kind of thought it would have been interesting if he had like pulled out the money from somewhere but no yeah the thing was like what
0: part of his character would make you think that he ever lied in this movie like even when he was a criminal like he was like the criminal with the heart of gold i was like we're not murderers and he was you know the the good guy criminal that you're supposed to like from the very beginning
1: yeah, no homicide is what yeah. he said. But yeah, I get it. I get it. But yeah, that was the only thing I cared about. I was like, what do you do with the money? That Even though the at the end of the movie
2: he
0: keeps the 100,000 pound of gold.
1: Mhm. Which I did think that little part was funny between the FBI agents that were like, "Do it. Don't do it. Do it. Don't do it." That was probably the only part I like actually laughed at.
2: But they make uh... I mean, it, it was amusing, but in my head, because they set up earlier, and and I assume it's fact or, or somewhat accurate, that a, a gold bar weighs about 27 pounds, mm. and he finds this giant chunk of gold in the back of the car and is going to throw it in the river, but he's, he's handling it like it only weighs two to five pounds. Yeah. Like there's no weight to it. Like, he keeps going back and forth and, and pretending to throw it and then take it, and but there's no, no weight behind it. And mm-hmm. the fact that they kind of, it's a big plot point in general with the weight of the gold and, and stuff like that, and then just do something like that, not that it mattered at all, but it really <laughs> took me out of it. I'm like, he should be struggling with that. Like, but no, he's holding it, it with one it. hand <laughs> and pretending to go back and forth multiple times. With what is probably anywhere between twenty to to thirty pounds worth of gold.
0: Also, when because like he gets the gold by like melting it through the floor and and, and then like letting it solidify. I and thought pull that out. was
2: pretty creative. I did I have did. to give. So yeah. did
0: so did I. I'm not going to say it wasn't, except for the fact that when he did that, all of the gold looked like pieces of shit.
1: Yes, yes, it did. It looked like the still physical embodiment of the
0: poop
2: emoji.
1: <laughs> yes, but it's still worth money. But yeah, it it looked horrible. But I guess they were being realistic. I don't know. That's the only thing I can well, guess.
2: Well, yeah. I mean, they were melting it and then cooling it in a giant tub of water. But
1: don't try to make two months sense of this movie.
2: It was creative. Um, but that's also one of my big
0: kind of. I feel like it's a huge missed opportunity for this movie, uh, because they spent an hour of this movie between the first heist where he gets caught him chasing down after vincent you know kidnaps his daughter him basically chasing down or trying to chase down vincent throughout new orleans throughout all of the parades and then have the fbi agents you know not believing him at all from the beginning even though i i feel like they easily should have and would have had a much easier time of the entire thing if they had but Mm -hmm. then at the end of the like you know when he goes to steal the gold i was really hoping for more of an elaborate plot to like pull off this heist because i feel like it was such a wasted opportunity that this movie could have been like the inciting incident is vincent kidnaps a daughter and he you need to pay him 10 million dollars okay this is the perfect setup for a Mardi Gras heist movie yeah and have like right. at least at least an hour of like some oceans 11 new orleans shit going down
1: but and like, like the have actual cool. it would
0: have been great but the actual stealing of gold takes 10 minutes
1: yeah. Well, he said he had had eight years to think about it, but you no matter how much you plan shit, nothing ever goes to plan. Which was proved in the first heist. But can yeah. Can we
2: can we talk about the ending of this movie? Yeah. Uh s- specifically the final face-off between uh Nicolas Cage and um and the Vincent.
0: One, one-legged Navy SEAL Human Torch.
2: <laughs> yeah, cuz I mean, he gets beaten up pretty bad he gets uh, caught on fire and still has enough energy to fight Nicolas cage in water mm-hmm.
0: not only it, fight it's almost him, superhuman but stealthily get into the water behind him and swim up underneath behind yeah. him
2: and i'm one not... leg after being set on fire well and, that, and that's yeah one leg missing fingers hit by a car uh beaten up prior I, I just, it, yeah, it was like almost like When he was already sickly to begin it, with.
1: Yeah, it, it almost kind of reminded me of that kind of classic horror movie tro- trope where mm. the villain's not really dead, they come back for one last scare. Like, that's Oh, they what definitely that did this. <laughs> this was straight out of
2: Scream. And then there's a shot where the cab hits the water, starts slowly sinking, but it's slink- sinking hood down. So the trunk is still up in the water on fire with his daughter in it. Mm
1: -hmm. And my
2: only thought was like, and they kind of play on that where she starts drowning in the trunk too. Like he goes through all of this to almost drown his daughter opposed to letting her burn to death. Because really, if Vincent didn't come and sneak up on him with the crowbar, he wouldn't have had anything to pry open the trunk.
1: Mm Mm-hmm yeah he was just trying to like pull it up with his fingers, wasn't he before oh, yeah, that? he's
2: just using his his bare hands,
1: yeah I mean you can't try to make too much sense of this movie <laughs> i mean either. i i just
2: i wasn't i wasn't expecting this type of movie to end like that true it it just to me it didn't feel like the ending fight scene with your good guy and bad guy yeah. was a it's little too it amazing. didn't fit this film i
1: it, a heist it was spell, uneven you know, like, and it seemed like they tried to balance the power out to make an epic fight scene and it just made it unrealistic.
0: Well, the I problem is they say. also set up Nicholas Cage's character as like, and he says it at some point that he's not this super criminal, but he kind of is. Like, he beats up all these cops in the very beginning he's like this expert driver driving around through i feel like i've been in that parking garage before and it is as confusing as it looks on the movie yes Uh, like he's doing all of these things whereas like he kind of is a super criminal at some point like even hoyt calls him the best bank robber in america and i was like that feels like a that feels like an exaggeration
1: i don't know um i mean nick cage kind of does always play that sort of character if That makes sense, always not the really. Smartest, always the cleverest, you don't think so?
0: No, they're like, there are so. So, I said Con Air is one of my favorite Nick Cage movies, and yes, in that movie, he's like super Texas Ranger, but he's also a Texas Ranger in that movie. But in The Rock, like, which that's probably my favorite Nicolas Cage movie, if you've not watched that movie. It is such a fantastic movie. Him, Sean Connery, Ed Harris. It's a Michael Bay movie, surprisingly enough. Like, he plays a scientist and he's brilliant, but like he gets his ass kicked a lot. Like, definitely in that movie he's definitely not one or the other. He's definitely like the smart guy, but he's not like the physical super agent. Where in this one, he really was just kind of
2: everything, even though he wasn't supposed to be. So, you mentioned Conair, which I I agree that it's a Great movie, a great Nicolas Cage movie, obviously one of, his, one of his most well-known films. Did you know that the director of this film also directed Con Air?
0: Then what happened?
2: <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to know something else
0: about this director? Are you about to ruin Con Air for me?
2: No, this director also directed I'm Never Gonna Give You Up, the music video by rick astley
0: that explains what? that explains this movie then <laughs> this movie was just an hour and a half rick roll
1: it was that makes total sense now oh that's kind of funny though
2: but anyway. i i agree with you trey i'm i'm not sure like what happened between con air and and this film and i think we kind of had this discussion with another movie that had a director that directed like a a good movie, and then directed John
0: Woo, wasn't it? For oh yeah,
2: John Woo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. Target, hard John target. Uh huh. Yeah. So I don't I don't know what goes on Trey, but something I don't know because Con between... Air, and I
0: mean, like I said, I'm I'm like I'll admit it. There's some ridiculous parts about Con Air. There are some absolutely ridiculous, not great movie making parts about Con Air. But I think the fact that like you have God, it is one of the it is one of the best casts like ever in that film. Like you got John Cusack, you have Dave Chappelle, you have John Malkovich, you have uh the guy that plays Hoyt in this movie that I forgot forget the name of. Like you have all of these ama- you have Bubba from Forrest Gump in that movie. So like they make up for it. Where in this one it was like in my opinion aside from the guy that plays Hoyt, you just had Such a mediocre cast of, like, well-known side actors, but just no one good enough to, like, I don't know, really sell everything, I guess. I don't know. If you had to give this movie between one and five beaten up, left on the side of the road, Mardi Gras tourists, because I know everyone's wanted to do that at least once in their life, (laughs) what would you give it? (laughs)
2: You mean the the Australian tourist? Yeah, when yes. when
0: Josh Lucas like throws the Australian tourist out of his cab and beats the shit out of him. That was the one moment that I was like, you know what? I can't even argue with it. Everyone's wanted to do that at least once. Oh, yeah,
1: that was so oh, ridiculous. Boy. Um,
2: yeah, I mean, I really, I really, I'm actually more disappointed that this movie wasn't just a, a horrible Nicolas Cage movie. Than I am like after actually having to, to sit down and, and watch this film because I think it it really did kind of come in the middle. Um, I I don't think it was a bad movie, and I I think thank God you know we say some of the stuff that this movie should have done, but I think if there was another thirty minutes of runtime of this film, I don't think I could bear it. But the fact that it was like an hour and a half or so made it a pretty bearable film. Um, I don't really think it was a good heist film. I don't think it was a really good uh, action film. And obviously, again, we'd have to look it up. But I I have a feeling this came out around the, the same time as Taken. Hence the name, Stolen. But, you know, with that said, I, I think I'm really stuck. I'm going to go with a three because I, I really don't think overall it's a bad movie. And you have a an okay Nicolas Cage performance. You don't have an over-top Nicolas Cage. You honestly, it's kind of almost a national treasure Nicolas Cage performance. Like I, I just I don't think he's doing his worst. I don't think he's doing his best. I think you really just have like a an average Nicolas Cage performance and again you have a, a handful of character actors that to me made this movie bearable. And yeah, I, I think easily a, a three. I mean there's definitely worst Nicolas Cage movies out there. And on the flip side, there's better. But, you know, I I wouldn't watch this movie again, but I didn't feel like my time was wasted, especially comparing it to our last Josh Lucas film being Ghost of New Orleans. So
0: You don't feel your time was stolen?
1: (laughs) Oh,
2: no, no, no.
1: What do I say about this movie? I know that we like to poke fun at nick cage and his movies um but the fact is that when he does a movie you kind of can't stop watching it like i didn't uh, really like grab for my phone at all like i was sort of fucking invested in it even though i didn't really like it all that much but i can't deny that there is just something about nicholas cage That turns a movie that probably would have been a one into a three. And that's why I'm giving it a three. It was an average Nicolas Cage movie. It wasn't Con Air. It wasn't National Treasure. But there are certainly worse movies out there that we have reviewed before. It's just kind of smack dab in the middle. I watched it. I was invested. I kept my attention. I didn't regret watching it at the end but it's probably not something i'd watch again. So yeah, i'm i'm it's going to be a 3 for me.
0: See, y'all keep y'all keep saying that this is like a middle of the road Nicolas Cage movie for y'all, and i keep thinking back to there's an episode of the community where abed takes a class literally called Nicolas Cage good or bad.
1: And that's what <laughs> i kept
0: thinking about. This entire movie was just that episode like is Nicolas Cage good or bad? I just, I feel like, especially in this movie, like, I think him, and I think everyone in this movie just gave really poor performances, and the, you know, the jumping around Mardi Gras scenes were just completely, complete just done very poorly, which, you know, as someone who's, you know, spent 30 years going to Mardi Gras, maybe that sticks out to me, but someone who's never been to Mardi Gras wouldn't even notice. But for me, it did. And it, it bugged me how ill represented it was. And just the fact that like this movie, I just, I feel like this movie could have had a lot of potential with, you know, having like a Mardi Gras heist, like that could have been really cool, but it just like dropped the ball on that. Like, you know, the big, I'm going to steal the declaration of independence, $10 million from the bank was like 10 minutes of the movie and that was it so i just i feel like it you know between poor performances honestly poor direction and just missed opportunities i wanted to give this movie a three because i didn't when i started watching the movie i didn't hate it but the more i watched it the less i liked it and then by the end of it i was just like i i gotta give it a two Like, I can't give it anything higher than a two. So, yeah, two two beat-up tourists for me.
1: That's Higher than
2: I thought you were going to give it. I thought you were going (laughs) to give it a one, but you surprised me.
1: Look, Nick Cage does stuff to movies. I don't know what it is. I can't explain it, but I'm telling you, he just bumps movies a little higher by being in them.
2: Thank you for listening to this week's episode. Don't forget to like and review us on your preferred podcast app.
1: You can stay up to date by following us on Facebook and Instagram at po Nola Podcast or on Twitter at Nola.
0: Suggestions and feedback, positive or negative, can be sent to us directly at podcast at gmail.com.
2: Oh, shit. I, <laughs> this happens every time. I'm sorry, right. guys. All right.
1: Am I starting again?
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. All right. One, two, three.